GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Please, we can kill it. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and I'm joined by a man who hopes for the robot apocalypse just so he can get a cybernetic penis. Hovercraft now, Joe. I mean, I have, a, I have a lot of questions about that intro. I, mean, um, I thought it was pretty pretty straightforward. You want a robo dick. Well, I, I guess I just meant like in relation ship to the movie they don't really clarify like if the cyborgs have like what's going on down there um, i also didn't clarify if you wanted the robo dick for you or if you wanted to just have a robo dick fair enough uh all right just move on move on all right uh we are joined we have a special guest with us today, we have uh, a longtime listener of the show and longtime friend of the show. We have Shane, host of the Action Nerd Dudes Being Dudes Talking About Movies podcast. Shane, welcome. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I've been lo- I love this show. Um, like before uh, we start recording, I longtime fan. I've been listening for five years, pretty much the entirety of the show. Um, yeah. I was one of those evil FedEx delivery drivers in the midst of COVID and, you know, you guys and Sphinx listening to the, like I binge listen to every single episode. Uh, so I've heard different guests. Uh, I even, I think I've messaged both of you at different times going, I volunteer as tribute for this episode. <laughs> so, I know. So, it, we would, we've been wanting to get you on for a while. It's hard because we're like on different coasts. So our recording mm-hmm. schedule is so specific to when we can record. So we wanted to make sure we could get you on at a time that we're also able to record. So, well, it, today is the perfect day for it. So, uh, yes. happy birthday! It's his birthday. Yep. Happy birthday! Yep. yep. Thank you. Yep. I, I don't look it, but I'm 40 years old now. Uh, <laughs> haven't quite felt that yet, but uh, <laughs> and celebrating by being on our illustrious podcast, the last action well, it, podcast. It, it, it's one of uh, the the podcasts I've been wanting to be on. I've been a guest on a few other podcasts. I got a uh, like I have my own. Uh, if you don't mind me pimping out the other podcasts that I've been a guest on, be, sure. Uh, my buddy Joe Slepsky, he does uh, Joe on Joe, where he talks uh, GI Joe for a while. It was every single episode from the '80s, the old. Uh, Geek era to Sunbow to GI Joe Extreme. Um, he's talked about the comics, and he's also done some episodes where he, like, what got you into GI Joe, and what was your favorite character in the franchise? Um, I did a episode of the House That Screams podcast talking about horror movies, where they were kind enough to let me come in late to talk about the movie The Conjuring. Um, I did the episode of it's now called the cinema drunkies, but it was called the action drunkies where we talked about the uh, Antonio Banderas classic uh, Desperado. Oh, nice. That's one of the few episodes of our show that I have not, that I was not on. 
Yeah, well, oh, I would wow. say that I would say that's one of the few you weren't on that you were actually upset that you weren't on. I was. That's true. The other you ones... don't often get mad that you miss stop or my mom will shoot. So no, I really don't. <laughs> I'm okay with missing. I, yeah, I like... wish I would have missed that episode. To be honest, I'm not sure we should release that episode. <laughs> What's playing? Well, she's been... not around anymore. Yeah, there's been a couple episodes where I was like, oh, I want to see this movie. And then you guys come out with an episode. I'm like, well, I guess I got to see the movie before I listen to your guys' <laughs> podcast. So uh, it, it's there's been a couple movies that I was like, I kind of enjoyed it. And then I listened to you guys kind of crap on it. I was like, OK, at least I wasn't the only one who felt this way about it. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like I've gotten I don't know. I don't know if I've gotten more tolerant of movies or less tolerant. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's like a that's special the episode of the podcast. I don't know if we have time to correct that open <laughs> uh, tonight. But um, uh, well, we're glad you're here. Excited we could finally make it happen. Uh, and you actually brought us the movie, which is uh, it, it's so funny because you know we all we always used to let the guests pick the movie, and then like we just got to a point where. Well, for planning purposes, like Elfie and Jay and I were just like, how oh, we're just going to plan ahead. So um, you picked this movie, and it was really funny when I told uh, Free Good Guest Jody, I was like, yeah, Nofstetter, he's going to be on. Nofstetter told him we could pick the movie. And Jody was like, what? He was so mad. <laughs> he was like, tell LPJ I'm mad at him. He never lets me pick a movie. So uh, you're in rarefied uh... air picking a movie. So, um, uh... but, but we are talking about uh, Nemesis. Uh, and I, 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 was a little confused in looking it up because it did say like 92 but then it looked like it was more of a 93 release in the u.s so i i went with 93 for my data so hopefully hopefully we're all in sync with that because uh that's what i went with uh so i have a release date of january 29th 1993 um and and, and i'll go first because uh i will say that my background with this movie is that uh i didn't know that it was a movie and that I heard that we were going to do it uh, and, and that it was on Tubi, which is great. Cause you know, I'm always promoting Tubi. Uh, and and mm-hmm. I was, and I was telling um, LPJ last episode, I, I was uh, sick earlier in the week, pretty sick. Um, and I like, I hadn't watched the movie yet. And I was like, I literally thought I was going to have to tell LBJ, like, you're going to have to do it without me. Like, I'm not going to be able to watch this. But then, like, last night I was like, all right, you know what? I finally don't have my headache. I, I, so I finally started watching it, and I finished watching it, like, uh, maybe like an hour before we started recording. But I'm all up to speed uh, on uh, Nemesis. I got it in under the wire. So uh, what about you, LBJ? Um, I mean, working in the video store, I worked in the video store. For a couple of years, like 2000 to 2001-ish, or 99 to 2001-ish. Um, but, you know, you, you put movies away, and this like there's a couple of movies that always stand out in the action section that I wanted to see but never got around to it. This is one of them. Um, uh, uh, that Rucker-Hauer movie, um, uh, Split Second, was one. Yep. I was always intrigued by the box art. I'm like, oh, this looks like it could be kind of cool. Uh, I never got around to seeing it, but you know, obviously for the podcast here, I watched it. So this is the first time I've seen it. So what, what is your you? yeah. what is your history with this movie? Why why this movie? Well, uh, okay, this is, I own it. I own it on 4K or not 4K Blu-ray. Sorry, uh, but I saw it many many years ago on Hulu. Um, I saw part of the ending when it was like on TBS early morning. And, um, I, you know, I've been playing with the idea of watching it and I listened to another show that I like, uh, best movies never made where, uh, 
they talk about different movies that weren't made and they did a tribute to albert pune who passed away sadly i believe it's two years ago now from with complications with dementia and uh i lpj was like hey you want to talk about this movie or what do you want to do and when we made arrangements for this i just said script let's put on nemesis and i was like they haven't talked about an off the wall bonkers balls to the walls movie in a long ass time well i i I will say this i i am happy to hear you use some of those words to describe this movie because i gotta say (laughs) i i was definitely not i wasn't sure what to expect going into this and I will. I mean, like, I went through a, 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 a big range of emotions watching this movie. It was all over the place. Um, but yeah, I, I, I will say this. Like, we're going to obviously talk about more, but I'm glad you brought this to us because this probably mm-hmm. isn't anything that I would have watched just like, oh, I'm going to throw this on. But like, yeah. Also, I was crazy. Tubi was like, hey, do you, you want to watch Nemesis 2? Do you want to watch Nemesis 3? <laughs> They were like, "Do you want to watch Nemesis Five? We don't have Nemesis Four on Tubi for some reason." And yeah. I was like, "I was like, you know what? If I can't watch the whole series, I'm not going into part two. So, um, uh, part two, three, and four stars the same ad- actress because uh, if you guys don't mind me giving a bit spoilers, because no, go ahead. I have been too. Uh, uh, two takes place about our time a little bit earlier because uh uh there's time travel element and uh okay they refer to the daughter of the main character from this one as the hero and that actress is in quite literally two three four and five okay uh which thankfully albert pune directed two three and four but because of his health was waning he produced number five um you know, he did a classic JCVD movie. Uh, so I know how big of a fan LPJ is, but mm-hmm. Cyborg was yeah. Albert Pune's movie. Um, sadly, he had a reputation of being a slock master, but it's that's not true. I think it was because of the uh, 1990 Captain America with the rubber suit Captain America that people thought he was a slock master. But the dude was a genius when it came to low budgets completely. Uh, I remember hearing a story how he finished filming one movie on a Wednesday. The studio gave him more money to do reshoots, and he's like, I sent everybody home. So Thursday morning, like when a bunch of people were leaving, he's like, I wrote this script, and uh, they filmed another a complete total movie Thursday, Friday, or it was uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so he can have the cameras back to the studio by Monday. <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, and he's one of those directors that if you were friends with him uh and he liked working with you he's got to put you in a ton of stuff so uh this movie actually had like uh uh crap i can't remember his name right now he was the villain from cyborg he's one oh, of the actors um, in the movie uh not uh come on tim, lpj no, tim thomerson's not, not in cyborg uh, it's um brian james i think is the one in cyborg yeah, I think it. I think that might be Brian James. Tim Thomason pops up in, I I think four or five of Albert yeah. Pune's movies. Well, we'll get to that because uh, I, to, I do want to talk oh, yeah. about his movies because uh, so there's this, a couple on there that are classics that Joe and I both have seen or talked about. Um. Well, let's let let's finish going through the numbers and then we can circle back to this stuff. All so, right. um, the the numbers I found were not 
100% concrete, but what I can find basically said that uh, the budget for this movie was $2 million and that it made about $2 million. That's that's what I could find. I don't know if it's 100% accurate. Um, I, I do feel like we find the, the further you go back, the harder it is sometimes, especially with smaller movies, to find really accurate numbers, but uh, about $2 million. So, like, you know... Well- that's fairly accurate for uh, Pune's movies. Uh, another claim to fame he had was he'd be constantly fired from them, and somebody else would come in to finish them, or they'd hire somebody who up and quit or got fired, so they brought him back to attempt to finish it. <laughs> he uh, never actually truly finished editing his movies because uh, studios would fight with his vision. But majority of the time when he did have a theatrical release, they'd break even. Okay. Yeah, so, which which is right about what they said. Yeah. So here here's something that kind of um I will say surprised me. The Rotten Tomatoes for this movie is seventy-one percent, which is way higher than I thought it was gonna be, and way, way, way higher than the nine percent that Beverly Hills Cop three has. So that was kind of crazy. And then the audience score is forty-one percent, which I was like, okay, that's maybe the range I expected more to see. So uh, I didn't dive into any of the reviews or look into anything to see. But seventy-one percent, I was, I was surprised. I guess I was surprised that the number was that high. Um, just because I, I this, I wouldn't. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I it this, and I know we'll get into it. This movie definitely. What's the word I want to use? Is ambitious, right? It's very mm-hmm. ambitious in what it's trying to tackle, what it's trying to accomplish, uh, in the world building it's trying to do. So, um, well, but anyway, like a lot of the movies kind of of this type, whether it's action or horror, you know, I mean, look at look at trauma films, for instance. They have a huge following, despite the fact that they are lower budget films. Um, they're you know just kind of. I guess those are kind of more considered schlockfest movies, but they're done in a certain certain style, a certain trauma film style. Those usually have higher uh, uh, Rotten Tomato scores as well, just because the fans for them, there's such a fervor for that type of movie and that style. I think this is kind of of that same era uh, or that same type. There's just a fervor for this type of movie that the fans of these just, just really latch onto. You can see that. Um Okay, so uh, get ready, LBJ. Last last week, yep. you were surprised we hadn't covered as many movies in 1992. Well, get ready for 1993. So the top three movies in 1993 actually feature two movies covered on the podcast. Number one is Jurassic Park. Number two, uh, a movie we'll cover at some point, I'm sure, Mrs. Doubtfire. And number three, uh, number three The Fugitive. Now, this movie, Nemesis, comes in 171st in the uh, uh, domestic box office for 1993. It made the list. It made the list. I had to scroll down, but I made oh. it. Actually, I did a control. Oh, uh, wow. I did a control find to find it. Uh, okay. So, uh, other movies we have covered in 1993 on this podcast. Get ready. Number 10, Cliffhanger. Number 18, Demolition Man. Number 20, Tombstone. Number 21, The Three Musketeers. Number 26, Last Action Hero. Number 41, Hot Shots, Part 2. Number 49, Hard Target. Number 56, Loaded Weapon 1. Number 74, Super Mario Bros. Number 101, Army of Darkness. And number 139, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Wow, that was a year. I told you it was crazy. 
Well, it, it's also crazy hearing all that. I think all of them, but and literally all of them, but one movie, I actually own it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, mean, those I, are I feel like like the the movies that are on that list are ones that that like, people enjoy and would own. Like, I feel like they're all ownable movies. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a it's a crazy list. Like even Mario Brothers, people love that movie. I do not, but people do. Love it. <laughs> Although I do own a copy because I had to buy it in order to watch it for the show. Remember, I ra- I randomly bought a copy of it, and that's why we not only covered it but did video game month. So you're welcome. <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, no, I, those. Oh, go ahead. I think that's my psychological warfare against my kids. If they misbehave, I just pop that on. But it's more <laughs> of like torture for myself because they just like the off the wallness of it. So yeah, it always back yeah. with the kids. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so it, it it's a it's a crazy crazy year for us to have covered so many. But like like we've said, I I think we said it last week, LPJ. Like our sweet spot is really like eighty nine through like ninety four. Is like I yeah. feel like if we were to when, when the podcast is done and we do some kind of big list of all the years, I guarantee those will be the majority of the movies are within oh, those sure. years, just because that's sure. where we gravitate to. So uh, okay, I'm uh. uh so okay, spoiler alert. I, I don't have any net worth because I I couldn't find I didn't I didn't know if any of these people were big enough. I couldn't find anything reliable enough. So, but I would like you guys to maybe take over talking about the people in this movie because I feel like uh, this is more your wheelhouse as far as like you know me. I'm dumb when it comes to the actors. LBJ, sure. maybe you guys can help me out with with the people in this movie. Well, I will say this: it stars Oliver Gruner. Gruner. Um, I didn't really know much about him. This is the first movie I've ever seen with him in it. I don't know a ton about him. Um, what I pulled up is that he was a uh, French naval commando and um, did professional kickboxing and then got into acting. That's about the majority of what I know. Yeah, that's the truth. Uh, he also did like the 90s and early 2000s was his heyday. He did a bunch of uh, action sci-fi movies. Um uh, Sci-Fi Channel had a crap ton of them on back in the day. Mm-hmm. The main two were Interceptor Force and Interceptor Force 2, where uh, they'd be like, Olivier Gruner starring in Interceptor Force. And I'm like, oh, this was cool. Uh, he, I don't, Velocity Trap, I think, was another movie where he actually did a, uh, one of the stars of the original CSI was like a villain in the movie and he had to fight her. Uh, he's, done all sorts of crazy movies if you watch it he's worked with like action stars like don the dragon wilson or uh, yeah, that seems right. martin cove so yeah um yeah I was so looking at his, he, he's, i'm looking at his uh filmography here it's a lot of like sequel movies and um and yeah just just sci-fi action is essentially what it looks like i was getting um and maybe this is just me but i was getting some pretty big like jcvd vibes like from him like yeah. i could see like yeah. if you threw like jean-claude van damme into this movie as the star of it i'd be like okay you're like role reversal right like that would work like i was getting the same kind of vibe. yeah my personal opinion is i think they found him realized he can do the same stuff as jcvd and they're like this is gonna be the next big action star and maybe we can get jcvd to lower his prices by saying oh olivia gruner is interested and yeah. i don't think it works <laughs> um anybody else that you guys want to mention from the cast 
Well, there's Tim Thomerson, a.k.a. Dollman himself. Yes, Dollman. Um, Tim Thomerson is one of those ones that Albert Kuhn liked to work with. He did Nemesis 3, where he uh, played a different version of the character that he played in this one. Uh, Dollman, he did a couple other movies. There was Tom Matthews, who most famously was in... uh, Friday the 13th, part five, I believe. Jason lives, the one where Jason's yep. struck by lightning. Uh, and oh, that's back. six. That's six, yeah. Oh, six. My apologies. Uh, so I, I only uh, answered so emphatically because I think it's my favorite Friday the 13th movie. It is uh, probably the best one. Oh, it's, it's really uh, good. I, I was going to say, if you guys want that, you, you could, well, on camera, you can see my wall of autographs. Right above my wrestling ones, I have the autograph. Of the guy who played Jason in that movie. Oh, is it Kane Hodder or the other guy? The other guy. The one that played Jason who uh, came back from the dead was struck by lightning. Nice. Yeah, nice guy. I met him at a a Comic-Con here in in the area. Um, There was... Oh, God, I'm going to butcher his name. Yep. Shang Sung, Joe. You got Brian James in here. AKA, uh, if you've ever seen, oh, you've never seen the Fifth Element, Joey, have you? I've never seen what now? The Fifth Element. I've never, famously, I've never seen the Fifth Element. That blows my mind that you've never seen the Fifth Element. Uh, um, oh, okay, Joe, I, I just got to say, Joe, you got to go to the corner, man. You, no, go to the corner. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> There's a. Uh, Thomas Jane's in this? Put, yeah. What? Who? Thomas, Thomas Jane. The Punisher? Yeah, he was the yep. naked guy in the hotel. Oh, I, oh, well, how did you not know that? I, I don't, I don't know. I was, you, 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 were, guys you, keep talking. you guys keep looking. I'm going to look up Thomas James. There, there so is, uh, Jackie Earl Haley's in this. Who is did, he? Did you see? He was the computer guy at the end. Okay. Yeah. There's, uh, Yuji, uh, Okamoto. Yep. Yuji Okamoto. He was, yeah. He played chosen in, uh, Karate Karate Kid Kid too. And, and in, and, Cobra Kai. He yep. he was another one of the uh, Albert Pune actors. They did a movie called Mean Guns with Christopher Lambert and uh, Ice T, where they uh, Pune was, got was fortunate enough to film in a prison that hadn't opened up in L.A. yet. And they said you can't do explosions, you can't do gunshots bouncing off of stuff. So we because this you got a week, two weeks to film this movie because we're opening up this prison. That's kind of fun. Wow. Um, okay, well, you know what? Now you that you net worth, I don't. How did you not look this up? <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Um, I, I mean, the short answer is that I didn't recognize it was Thomas Jane. That's fair. Okay, and I'm and I'm sorry I didn't recognize that the computer guy featured in like less than a minute of this movie was uh, Jackie Earl uh, Haley. Haley. I looked up Thomas Jane just so we can get a net worth in here. Sure. Uh, so, uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, he didn't go by Thomas Jane in the movie. He went by Tom James, like yeah. with an S. So uh, that's probably why you didn't recognize him, because you yeah. didn't see the name Thomas Jane. I was distracted no. by his sweaty tush in this movie. I was like, where is the tush when we need him? I think I wrote that in my notes. That, that's, was, that's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching the movie last night. I was like, maybe we can get the tush to be on this uh, too. I just, was like, uh, there was a lot of tush in this movie uh, and a lot of dude tush. I'm fairly um, certain he's seen this movie too. Maybe we'll have to check with them. Okay, so let's do Thomas Jane. Let's just do it for fun. Uh, what do you think? 
Thomas Jane, LPJ. He's got that sweet, sweet, underrated, you dislike for no good reason, Punisher money. What do you think for Thomas Jane? No, you know what? I do what I want. Uh, he's got that sweet, sweet, uh, deep blue sea money. A much better film. Uh, I'm going to say he's got $10 million. Okay. What do you think, Shane? I'm going to say he's got the sweet, sweet uh, Frank Darabont's The Mist money. Oh, okay. That's a good got, pull. Yeah, I think I'm going to uh, say he's got $13 million. So close, sixteen million, just a little oh, off, just you know a little good off. For, but good for Tom Jane. Good for Tom Jane. Yep. It's pretty good. Um, okay, do you? I, I, you, you said you were gonna uh, regale me with some of the movies that this guy directed. Yes. So Albert Pion. Um, so of the movies that you will have any kind of knowledge of. Uh, mm, okay. Alien from L.A. Oh, okay. Was Cyber- that was that with the, was that with Kathy Ireland? Yes. Yes, uh, Cyborg, with John Glenn okay. the 1990 Captain America movie, okay, Kickboxer two, okay, uh, Doll Man, okay, uh, did he do Doll Man versus the Mommy Toys? No, uh, I do don't believe so. No, oh, but he man, did do Kickboxer four. Uh, what else did you um, that you would know? Uh, 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 um, I think that might actually be he, it of all the ones you he know. did. A, he did a movie called Gunman, which starred Christopher Lambert and Mario Van Peebles. Uh, Dennis Leary was in that, and so was Sir Patrick Stewart. Oh, dang. Uh, uh, he did another movie called uh, Mean Guns, which was the one where he did in the prison. Yeah. He, like I said, he directed Nemesis 2, 3, and 4. He was actually going to do a crossover movie called Cyborg Rise of the Slingers, where uh, originally it was just going to be called Cyborg Nemesis, <laughs> and he was going to combine the two franchises, uh, but supposedly it didn't work out that well, and his health deteriorated too much that he couldn't finish editing it or finish filming it, so it hasn't seen the light of day in any form whatsoever, but... Uh, he brought back actors from both franchises to be in the movie. Like uh, Olivia Grunar was supposed to be playing a de- totally brand new character in that movie. Crazy. Yeah. So as uh, you can see from the list here, he's got of th- that type of movie that you can see the type of movie that he typically does. LBJ yes. uh, quick. And this is neither here nor there. What was that? Um, this is a stupid, what was that thing we always used to quote the line from uh, Dollman doll man versus demonic toys. Do you remember what it was? Pop goes the weasel. <laughs> and we'd slap our chest just like Dollman. Yeah, just like Dollman. Uh I love that movie. Uh we should cover it sometimes because I think it's like sixty-four minutes long. I think so, yeah. It's just slightly over an hour. It would be a nice break. Um okay. Uh, I think the episode the, might end up being longer than the movie. Probably it's happened before. Yeah. Um okay, uh, so the oh, the tagline uh for Nemesis uh is in the future dot 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 it pays to be more than human. Now, can I ask you guys something before we get into the plot? Because I just wanted to get a little clarification because I was confused. And maybe I'm dumb. I don't know. But, like, what classifies a cyborg as being a cyborg? Because I thought a cyborg was, like, part man, part machine. But then they keep telling Alex in the movie, they're like, well, you're you're a human. And I'm like, well, he seems like he's pretty cyborg So I didn't know... Like, if I had my definition of cyborg wrong, or if this movie just 
defines well, it different than I thought. I mean, from what I can I, tell, I pictured these are more like Terminators because it was like right. they had the skin of the human. Well, I think he's. I think the cyborgs that they're talking about are actually androids. They're full synthetic beings versus people who just have like cybernetic limbs and replacement parts. I think it's, I think maybe you have to get over a certain percentage of your body gone and then you're considered a cyborg. Okay. Considered a- yeah. I, I think they were basically hinting if you were like 20% or lower, basically, because he does mention in the movie, Oh, that's another 5%. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because he originally actually tells you the percentage in the beginning of the movie of how human he is. Yeah. And uh, another key thing is typically how you knew there was a cyborg in the movies. They had some weird, really weird gla- sunglasses or really dark sunglasses themselves. Yeah. What I was wondering, uh, and, and we'll talk about this more, we're about to get into the plot, but was there something to do with like... <coughs> the naming of the characters in this movie though was that anything to do with because it seemed like a lot of like traditional like male names were used for like female cyborgs and like oh, vice versa no um what's your so that cyborg at that um well his lady his lady's like ex-girlfriend's name was jared yeah oh, um was, yeah and then the one albert, that the, oh go ahead yeah albert pune was basically doing like a whole nod to like ghost in the shell type thing where you could have your consciousness in a different body uh because like alex you know there's male alexes there's female alexes you have jared and they were like they're trying to establish this there was other characters who had uh yeah that's that's the the cyborg that the cyborg that he kills in the bathroom is michelle Mm -hmm. yeah well and then and then um Commissioner Farnsworth was Sam, wasn't it? It was just mm-hmm, yeah. Sam in in a robot version of Farnsworth. Right. Okay. I just didn't know if that was like uh, if it was like one of those things where it was like some kind of clue based on the naming. But what you're, what you're saying makes sense. So, um, okay. Should we uh, start getting through the plot? Does that Let's sound do good, to everyone? Okay. So this movie, uh, I, I always find this funny when we go back and watch these movies. Uh, it takes place in. 2027 or oh, it starts it's, it's in 2027 three years guys which i was just oh, like yeah. which is like i had to laugh because i'm like oh man that's so close to now um okay so we open up on alex uh looks like he's gonna go to the bone zone with this lady uh but then it turns out that she she's like checking to make sure he's not a cyborg but then it turns out she's a cyborg and he like steals her gun and shoots her and um hard. and kills her um and, and that's where i have a note that says man this guy seems super foreign this uh this uh main character guy but now that i know that he is it makes more sense sure um so then uh he, he's feeling around uh on the dead cyborg and he takes some kind of like data chip off her body uh that she was transporting uh but then a bunch of her cyborg friends show up uh and it turns into this like prolonged big like shootout like chase and pretty cool like i feel like the budget for like squibs and stuff in this movie must be like insane because <laughs> there's so much yeah. so many guns being fired and everything I it was the, like the special effects in general were, were kind of neat as far as I, I feel like they very economically portrayed what they needed to um and, and it still looked good like even when the when the cyborg is dead on the on the bed her whole face is like exploded out, but it still has that mechanical shell on the inside. It was very cool. 
Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, that was another thing Pune liked. He liked details. He liked the practical effects over special effects. Uh, like, I, I'm a gun guy myself. Uh, so most of these weapons, even when they had, like, the card case on it, I could identify it by just looking at it. Like, uh, the beginning shootout when he's got the the spaz 12 shotgun and he's just unloading on all these bad guys and uh i was watching the beginning part with my girlfriend and she went i've seen that in a movie does don't you supposed to pump it well there's a button on the bottom of the pump that turns it into a semi-automatic shotgun <laughs> so that's the reason why he's able to do it and she was like you know a lot about guns i was like yeah I, I, I do uh i i like how like the practical effects still look good to this day with the exception of the jet that pops up where you see the strings hanging it up. Yeah, that wasn't great, but uh, <laughs> you're, on a, you're on a shoestring budget. You can only do so much. Oh yeah. Uh, so, so anyways, he's trying to get away from all these, uh, the cyborgs. They're trying to get the data chip back and then he gets shot. And then I was like, Oh crap, he's a cyborg. But then like, as we discussed, he's not like a full cyborg. And then he finds that dog, that puppy, um, which was like, I thought that was going to be a really big plot point, but it was kind of just like a minor plot point, I guess. Um, but anyway, I thought it was going to be like a John Wick kind of like thing, but it wasn't really. <laughs> um, so uh, then, then the lady, uh, she, she, uh, so he gets like blown up and his legs are all messed up. Uh, but then she shows up and she shoots him like a bunch of times up close, you know. Um, and the cops show up because he's a detective, right? He works for the LAPD uh, and he gets rebuilt. Okay. He's, he's, uh, it says it, he says it take him six months to be rebuild him. And he's, I'm confused because he said he was rehabilitating in Baja in New America. But then it seems like he was there on purpose to track down the lady that shot him because he goes to the bar in Baja and she's like working there as a waitress. Um, and he ends up killing her. Um, but like, did I miss something or was he, was that just random or was he down there on purpose uh, to find that lady? He was down there on purpose getting revenge because there was bad info that got him there because the lady that shot him, the, uh, it shows like part of like a steel post that was in the construction site. He killed her by stabbing her with his leg in this post. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Cause it was uh, impaled in his leg and he'd like stabbed mm -hmm, her with it. And, uh, he was trying to because it was a terrorist cell. The uh, the red hammerhead sharks, I believe they called the t the cell, and he was just trying to wipe out what he can find. It was a, just basically a revenge mission so he for was there him. On purpose. But, okay, yeah. So so anyway, so then the 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 police show up afterwards, uh, and one of them is Jared, who was like his former lover and kind of like his boss, and her partner, whose name I can't remember. Sam. Um, what's that? Sam. Oh, Sam. Oh, that's man. Sam. You know, mm -hmm. Now that makes sense. It, it, you guys are really helping me out here. Uh, <laughs> but to be fair, I was sick two days this week. So, you know, like I watched it pretty fast. Um, so anyways, so Sam and uh, Jared. Jared show up. Uh, Alex quits being a cop. He's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, and then Sam, like, shoots his dog because his dog who didn't seem to be in the bar was then in the bar and like bit her robot hand and she didn't like it so she killed him uh and then we get a shot of him like burying his dog but that was it like the dog never comes up again yeah so again, he, doesn't I, even, uh, he doesn't even seem that upset about it upset about it either yeah i he wasn't yeah it wasn't like i said it wasn't like a john wick thing where he was like really upset um so then we cut a year later so 2028 uh and we're in new rio de janeiro um what okay 
may, maybe you guys can just clear, clarify this. What What's he doing in new Rio de Janeiro? And does it have to do with them calling him a, a speed loader? Is that all connected? Or is that just like he's a drug addict now? Is that what the speed loading means? He was a smuggler who was trying to make money for the drugs that he was because they show him shooting it into his neck yeah. they were they were painkillers from the surgery he had after the six months oh, okay so right. that's what he was doing was he was getting high off painkillers and he even says it's like i tried my hand as a smuggler i wasn't very good at it okay and uh that's what he was doing down there in uh new rio de janeiro and uh, so I like that he gets caught again by the cops, and I like that dude that catches him because he's a cyborg who has a gun hidden in his head. His like face yeah. opens up, and he's got a gun yeah. in his head, and he that shoots him. That was a him, cool so. effect too. Yeah, and then yeah, that, like, that was. Uh, oh, that, yeah, no, that was uh, Tom Matthews who uh, yeah. who did that. Like, so you know, like I said, Tommy from Friday. So he he showed up when I saw typically. I see him, if, especially in an Albert Pune movie, I'm like, okay, it's 50-50 shot if he's the good guy <laughs> or the bad guy. So so uh, his old boss, uh, Farnsworth, uh, shows up and is like, hey, uh, we need you to, to do this mission for us because we need somebody outside of the system. Uh, I'm going to explain what I think they tell him the mission is, and if I get it wrong, correct me. They tell him that at this point in time, uh, the United States and Japan have merged. Uh, there's going to be a meeting between the leader of the U.S. and Japan, and someone has stolen the security detail plans, uh, and, and they tell him that it was Jared who stole them, and they need him to go down to Shanglu to get the security detail programs or data back from Jared. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, there, the one key thing you're missing is they tell him that oh we planted a bomb in your chest right so you he, have yeah so, many, so much time to do it in and then boom right because he doesn't want to go but they're like hey we we have a bomb implanted in your heart uh and, and so you have to go or it's three days or it's going to go off so he so he ends up going it but then after he leaves like his, his boss and the cops are kind of talking you know like something shady is going on but you don't know 100 percent yet okay so he arrives in shanglu um, he's just walking down the street, uh, and, and he, uh, he, he, a bunch of guys try and beat him up. He beats up a lot of dudes. I just like that. He's just like walking down the street, like beating guys up. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, then we get the, then we get the shot of Thomas Jane's sweaty butt. <laughs> um, was, and just his butt. He was very shiny just all over. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they oiled him up. Presumably from having so much sex with the robot lady, probably the cyborg probably. lady. You know what? I'd be sweaty too. Because she was sweaty too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, that another trademark of Pune's is uh, he get with like weightlifters and bodybuilders, and he <laughs> put them in their movies, and then he'd film them in a way to he was like, generally people don't find these bodybuilders to be sexy in any way, so I'm gonna film them in a way to give them a sex appeal, and that's part of the reason why they had the cyborg lady butt ass naked too. <laughs> And but I'm like, okay, the entire time we see Tom Jane in the movie, you just you pretty much see him with his ass. Yeah, yeah. it had to it had to be like one of his first roles, and he's like, yeah. Yep, I'm I'm on it. I'm just gonna stand around sweaty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um okay, so uh so he gets a room 
uh, in the hotel at in Shanglu, which I don't know about you uh, or, or any of my any of our comic book fans listening, but I was getting big like Madripoor vibes from yes. like Shanglu, like yep. this like like criminal like just like unlawful like uh, city. So that was kind of cool. Um, so he checks into the hotel. Um, back in uh, sweaty Thomas Jane's room, he gets killed by Michelle, uh, who comes to get um. What's what's that lady's cyborg's name? Uh, uh, starts with a J too, I think. Uh, Not Jared. Anybody? Julian. 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 Yeah. Julian. Um, okay, so um, Alex decides to take a shower. Oh no! First, I'm sorry. First, this this like local game comes in and roughs up Alex. That's uh, the the Mortal Kombat guy comes in. Shanks. Uh, yeah, and roughs yep. him up a little bit. Uh, but more on him later. I think his name's Angie. Yes. Angie. Yes, his yeah. name's Angie in this. Um, so then Alex decides to take a shower, and that's when uh, Michelle and Julian come in, and Michelle beats him up while he's in the shower, uh, but he kills Michelle because he has the gun, like, hidden, like, in a, in the towels next to it. Yeah. Um, that's that's when uh, my note says, we should make Tush watch this movie. So much Tush. <laughs> um, so Julian uh, tells Alex, that Jared, for all intents and purposes, is dead. Like her body's dead, uh, but they uploaded her consciousness into a uh, a data data chip, right? Right. Uh, and, and that he, she wants him to get this data trip data chip to the uh, Red Army Hammerheads, who are like the uh, resistance, like the the terrorists, quote unquote, in this world, because. Um, is this um, is this where he finds out? I mean, I think we kind of already talked about it, but like the big like twist, if you will, is that like like you said that Sam has taken over Farmsworth bodies, and it's basically like it's a plot by the cyborgs. They're trying to eliminate all human life or replace all human life with cyborgs. Right. I don't. I don't remember. Do you find out there or is it later? It might be a little bit later when later, he's later, but either way, it's kind of alluded to. It might be a little bit later when he's talking to uh, Jared via the computer. Right. Um, yeah, and that's about the time where they, they reveal that the Hammerhead Sharks is actually a group of cyborgs themselves that want to protect humanity. Right. Yeah. So. Um, I, I did like the little bit uh, where she has they, she's like, hey, they're monitoring you because they put a camera in your eye, which she has to like... That was <laughs> a cool fact. Yeah, I can't remember exact the wording, but he's like, oh, yeah, I know it's going to hurt a little bit or it's going to sting a little bit. And she's like, no, it's going to fucking hurt like hell or something like that. <laughs> yep. I can't remember the exact wording. But um, so. Um, so, yeah, so Jared, Jared's body's dead. It's the memories living on. Uh, and, and this is where we find out for sure that Farnsworth is a bad guy because he shows up. Uh, I love this whole action sequence in the hotel. I don't know why, and it, it kind of like speaks to like you're you're talking about kind of like the over the topness of this, but just like the shooting of the holes to like open. And when he was shooting the floor, it like went down like three or four stories. Like it was, it looked so cool, and I was like laughing, but like in a good way because it was just like it was like okay, he did it once, right? But then he kept doing it, yeah. and he did it like three or four. But it looked really cool, like it right, did, yeah, like, it didn't look bad at all. It's a cool kept, effect. Yeah, it was really cool. I, it, it's kind of fun to think that, like, you know, based on the budget, it was something they did practically, you know? So it's it's kind of really interesting when you think about it that way. So um, so then uh, Julian 
uh, gets killed by uh, uh, Farnsworth and uh, Farnsworth buddy. Um, but 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 she wasn't officially dead because then she's like that. I was faked out. I gotta say, guys, I was faked out a lot in this movie about whether or not people were dead. Um, freaking Farnsworth faked me out like five times. I thought he was yeah. dead. But anyway, oh, yeah. so I thought Julian was dead, but she's not because she's like crawling to go try and get a gun. Uh, but then he ends up killing her uh, in a really violent way when he gouges out her eyes to like try and retrieve data or whatever from her. Again, a really cool effect thinking about like the budget that this movie is made with and uh, all the practical effects and stuff. So um, also uh, I was wondering before he shoots Julian and she says, I'll be back. was that a Terminator reference? Like, was that on purpose? Do you guys think? I would assume so. I kind of thought it was. Yeah, I, I believe it was. Yeah. Makes the, sense. The, because the, um, the special effects guy was the same one that did Terminator, right? I think that's how it worked. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'll look it up. You... Keep, keep going. I'll look it up. Okay. So anyway, so yeah. So that's when uh, Alex takes off, and that's when he talks to Jared's like consciousness on the computer, and she tells him that Farnsworth has been replaced with uh, Cyborg, Cyborg Sam, and that they want to replace all humans with Cyborgs, and that that's why they got to get the uh, the chip for the last remaining uh, Hammerhead boss, right? Um so uh, a, another big like uh, uh, a chase scene uh, where he kills a bunch more cyborgs. I I don't know why it's in this movie, but I love the little bit where the old lady kills the cyborg. Uh-huh. Where there's like there's just like he's like watching from like the um, the alleyway, and there's like this like one of the cyborgs is kind of like questioning this old lady and like you know being rude to her, and he like turns his back and she pulls a gun out of uh, her bag and just wastes the cyborg, and it was like ah oh, fucking cyborg or something like that. It was- <laughs> Did- Go ahead. You guys hear uh, about the cyborg? She started shooting. You hear him going, "Please stop! No more! Please stop!" And she just keeps unloading the. I I got done watching the movie and I jumped back into the scene selection with, my, and I showed my girlfriend that. And she was like, "This is batshit crazy! What the yeah. hell?" Yeah. I just I I laughed like legit laughed when mm-hmm. I saw that scene, and also I was just like, there, "There's a." zero reason for this to be in the movie i'm glad it's in there sure. but it's like there's zero reason for that scene to be in there but i'm again i'm glad it's in there um so this about this point um alex i feel like is kind of lollygagging so i have a note that says i feel like alex should start making his way to the volcano at some point he, we should uh, remind her um we didn't cover this circle back okay julian put something in him that was blocking the signal to the bomb in his heart. Right. But it was only going to be a certain amount of time before Sam uh, and his team were able to crack it. So like he has these lights in his arm and you can see when there's like five of them, I think. So it's like they're going down and once they all go out, then they'll be able to set up the bomb. So that's why I felt like he was kind of lollygagging or whatever. So, um, uh, 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 I like that guy, that fight that he has with the guy when they get on like one of those big slides that looks like you see at like a county fair, you yeah. know, where you sit on mm-hmm. the blanket. Uh, and that guy's got one of the guns in his head. This, I, I do like that this movie at a certain point just is like, well, we're going up into the stratosphere of like craziness. Like it just like well, starts and then it's like, see ya. Well, it was actually the same guy, it was Tom Matthews. Uh, they oh, the were the same guy that crazy. shot him with the gun in the head. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so it was the same. It was the same one, but uh, oh. yeah, they were like, "We're just gonna go balls to the wall, bonkers, ape shit, crazy from here on." And uh, yeah, it like it it like ramps up, 
and, and it doesn't like it, it's like full adrenaline for like this last like half hour. Uh, okay, so it looks like he gets to the bottom of the slide, and it looks like he's gonna get killed. Uh, but then he gets saved by this lady uh, in a in a bikini top, who they keep showing at different periods of time, uh, like kind of following Alex and, and seeing what's going on with him. And I think her name is Max. Max Impact. Yep. Okay, Max Impact. Yeah. Uh, they escape. Who, uh, by the way, might be the most annoying character in this movie. I, uh, I, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I would have to give you that. Um, they. They escape by jumping off like multiple cliffs. Like they jump off a cliff into the water and they swim and they get out and they jump off another cliff. Uh, so they get away. Uh, but then it turns out she she tricks Alex and captures him and takes him to. And this is where I was kind of confused. So he t- she takes him to uh, Angie, who turns out to be the the head, uh, the last like hammerhead captain. Right. So I'm like, and he takes the data chip, and I'm like, okay, well that's what they wanted all along. But I think then Angie tries to recruit Alex and is like, Hey, we need you because you're such a good, like operative or kill or hitter or whatever they say. We need you on board to help us carry out this mission to defeat the cyborgs. That's kind of what happens. Right. That That's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They just want to recruit him because like Wolverine said in the comics is like, that's like, I'm good at one thing. And, it's not a good thing. So he, yeah, yeah. that's basically what he is. He's good at one thing because he even mentioned when he was a smuggler, I wasn't very good at it. Yeah. Uh, um, but when it comes to killing su- stuff, he's one of the best. So uh, Farnsworth uh, and, and his buddy show up and, and kind of blow up the Hammerhead's base and, and they kill Angie. And I, I do like um, that. Like, he's like, Hey, I got the data disc back. And then like, uh, Alex just swings on a rope and like <laughs> and grabs it out of his hand. It's like yoink, <laughs> uh, and then that's okay. So that's when I thought um, this is the first time that I thought Farnsworth uh, yeah, he gets shot with a grenade launcher, and and I said, oh, I guess Farnsworth is dead. But then my next note is immediately, oh, I guess he's not dead because he wasn't dead, right? right. He was alive. Uh, once you keep yelling, he's like new model, or what's he keep saying to uh, to him? He's like. Upgrade or something. State yeah. of the art. That's what it is. Um, so he's not dead. Um, uh, and, and then I was confused. Uh, and uh, you were speaking about your understanding of firearms. So, like, was that like the, the, when they were like when they ended up getting on the zip line, which is fun. Uh, that the 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 bad guy had like a shotgun, but it seemed to be causing pretty big explosions. Was that that was just like a movie thing, right? They were making it seem to be uh, like a more. It- Probably at the time nowadays, there's a what they call frag 12 or fragmentation 12 for 12 gauge. Uh, basically, think the shotgun shells from Terry Crews use that turn people into uh spaghetti sauce. Uh, it's oh man, basic, it's basically a mini missile that you can shoot and it's like a grenade when it impacts. So, it's okay. a thing, yeah, that's okay. an oh. actual thing. It's a yeah, civilian use it is uh highly illegal uh you you gotta have special licenses for it. it's preferably military use but it's also considered to be uh i believe it's considered to be an anti-material weapon which is against the geneva convention to use against humans so yeah, only vehicles well, a lot of material is getting blown up in this place so <laughs> oh, yeah. it clearly works <laughs> That is my favorite line in uh, The Expendables when he uses that gun. He's like, remember the shit come Christmas. Uh, mm-hmm. So great. Um, so then, uh, so they 
they escape on the zip line, right? And then there's a point where they're just like literally swinging through the jungle, like Tarzan. Like he, yep. like Alex swings down and apparently kicks this one bad cyborg so bad that the cyborg breaks. Like he just swings down from the vine and kicks him, and the guy's out. Um, so then again, they they fall into like a pit. And like um, Barnsworth shows up and is like monologuing and trying to get Alex to join their cause. And he's like, he's like, you know, like, oh, humans want to eradicate us. They don't appreciate the earth. And he's like, and he's like, you're basically more uh, machine than man. Why don't you join us? And he's like, never. And he pulls out the gun and he shoots him. And I'm like, okay, Farnsworth is dead. Now Farnsworth is dead. But he wasn't dead. <laughs> he gets back up again and he chases him. And then like, okay. So I'm going to try and explain what happens here. They're at the edge of another waterfall, yeah. and Farnsworth is chasing them. And they both jump off. It's against the lease. And, Farns and uh, Alex does, like, a flip and shoots Farnsworth, and Farnsworth, like, blows up while they're doing this, while he's doing a backflip off the side of the cliff. Yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. basically it, yeah. And at that point, I'm like, okay, Farnsworth is definitely dead but he wasn't dead he's now just lost basically all his human skin and he kind of right. looks he like, just, he like endoskeleton at this point. yeah he looks like yeah. a terminator now okay so they, the, the they middle make, endoskeleton yeah so they make it to the top of the uh volcano finally mm -hmm. and there's a uh jet up there a jet and they hop into the jet uh and then just as you think the jet's about to take off and i will say this i'm sorry guys i laughed out loud at the shot where the like skinless farnsworth jumped from the yeah. cliff and grabbed yeah. onto the jet i i literally laughed i was like that is so funny um so farnsworth like claws his way like, into the right th that, that's where you could tell where the budget was right there yeah. Well, yeah, the probably the worst looking shot was like so they're fighting, but when they're both like hanging off the back of the jet, and I'm like, <laughs> that great. looks pretty bad. So he ends up defeating Farnsworth because like he rips off his arm and also takes the bomb that was in his heart with him and he falls and he blows up. That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Yep. Uh, okay. So uh so Farnsworth is finally dead. Like I don't have to keep saying it. He's actually dead this time. Uh, uh <laughs> like, well he's dead oh, in this movie. In this yes, movie. Yes, in okay. this movie he's dead. Okay. So they go to the Marshall Islands in the North Pacific. Um uh Jared gets downloaded and, and basically like they she tells Alex, she's like, Hey, like once they download me, I'm gonna become pure data and I'll be gone. And he's like, Okay, I'm I'm out of here. She's like, But go see the real Farnsworth left you a letter. Um, and then I like that we cut to L.A. And uh, uh, so Jermaine, if I remember correctly, was the other guy that was working with Farnsworth. So he shows up to, uh, to kill him. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it seems like he shoots him right in his robo dick, correct? Oh, he totally Yes. Does. Yes. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> robo-cops him. Yeah. No, yeah. he shoots him in the dick. So, um, so he, so he does that to Jermaine, and then like he's reading very, very uh, atmospheric. He's reading Farnsworth's letter in the pouring rain, and it just basically talks about how he needs to like carry on the fight to defeat the cyborgs, so they don't like take over the world. Uh, and him and uh, Max Impact are like teamed up. Which, uh, by the way, Max Impact, we didn't discuss this. Her sister was the cyborg or the lady that Alex killed in the bar yes. in Baja. Uh, and yeah. she was she was really mad about it for a while, but then she was like, oh, I guess I'm over it because she didn't seem to care by the right. end of the movie. Oh, definitely. 
Um, but yeah, so that's the end. Uh, they, they head off, presumably, to continue the fight. I, I think they say they're going to go to New York, I think is what they said. So. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's it. What, We've reached the end of Nemesis. Well, it also depends on which version of the movie you watch, because there's the international version where they cut out pretty much all the Farnsworth stuff towards the end of the movie, implying that he didn't die. That's the reason why he comes back in Nemesis 3. Oh, okay. Uh, but... There also there's another like he reads the letter and then they like two people pop up and they insinuate that these two people kill Alex and Max. Oh, but uh, in Nemesis Two Nebula, it's kind of hinted at that uh, Alex gets uh, busy with another like with a human and she has a baby and cyborgs basically have taken control so the worst has come to happen and uh but time travel's been discovered and they send this little baby girl back in time where she lands in africa and is raised by an african tribe and she's like superhuman she's got the strength and skills of her father without any cybernetic enhancements whatsoever that sounds even more batshit crazy than this uh, it is uh, the most famous scene they had was uh, Chad Stahowski, who was the director of all the John Wick yep. movies. He played; he was the basically the actor in the cyborg suit. Uh, they had him jump about ten stories on fire, <laughs> uh, by himself in a sh- one of these shots. That's uh, you, you, yeah, you guys can YouTube it. Just go Nemesis to like fire scene or whatever and it shows him jumping on fire down like 10 stories that's crazy. that's wild um <laughs> all right you got so any role reversals i don't OBJ? believe it surprisingly <laughs> no role, role reversals who, who knew right all right should we uh get into the ratings and let everything kind of sure let's do that shake out in the wash here we go All right, Shane, you get to pick. Do you want to go first, second, third? How do you want to do it? All right, I'll, I'll go first, actually. Um, the, yeah, there's a couple things that are dated, like the stop motion effects towards the end of the movie. Some of the plot points, it's kind of confusing. But, uh, you know, being off the walls, batshit crazy towards the end with all the action. I'd say I give it about three and a half machine guns. Uh, just because of that, it, it's entertaining to watch. Like, it, there's not really a dull moment. The I think the only real downside is, you know, we constantly see Tom Jane's tush throughout. The, uh, <laughs> sweaty, sweaty stuff. tush. It's sweaty tush. So, right, uh, so yeah, th- I'd say three and a half. So, three and a half. What about you, OVJ? You go next. Um, this movie's interesting. This is this is one of those movies where you're either gonna get it or you're not. You know, it's it's yeah. just that style of film. It's the same thing with like, like uh, uh, um, what's it called? Harvest Moon, um, not Harvest Moon. Doll um, May vs. Demonic Toys. Yeah, like that that series of uh, uh, of horror films. You know, oh, Full Moon. Full, full, thank you, full, full Moon. Studios. It's like it's like the Full Moon. It's like the Full Moon horror series. You know, you're either gonna you're either all in and you and you like that style or it's just not for you. That's kind of what I feel like this movie and what I would imagine a lot of what Pune's movies are. Um, I like these kinds of movies. They're silly. Um, I, I really appreciate 
how much they do for as little as they have to do it with. Uh, you can really see, you know, you can see kind of the love in it because it, it is, it's not going to be perfect. You're going to see the seams, but no one really cares because it's, it's just, it's just, it's art in and of itself. Um, I enjoyed this movie. Uh, I don't know that I'll watch the sequels anytime soon, um, but I'm going to, I'm going to go three machine guns with this one. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I, like, like I said, I kind of went through a, a roller coaster of emotions with this movie. I think about like 10 minutes in, I sent LPJ a message and was just like, what the fudge is this movie? Like, I was like, what is going on? But like, um, I do feel like by the end though, it kind of won me over a little bit uh, just because of how ridiculous it is. And like, just like now knowing more about like, how cheaply it was made and how ambitious it is. And I, and I respect that. I respect the hustle. I think in some ways it was maybe, you know, like a a little too ambitious. Like I feel like there was so much they were trying to convey and so much world building. That's obviously some of it was lost on me. And I think, you know, like it wasn't maybe as clear just sitting down and watching it cold, but like some of the stuff going on was, you know, it was kind of like, I felt like I was, watching like part two like i hadn't seen part one in the movie series you know mm-hmm. um but overall I, I would say that it, it won me over just because of how ridiculous it was and how much i you know genuine last but i, I you know i'm kind of like lpj i don't know if i would like oh i gotta watch the sequels right now but i think i'll go right down the middle and give it two and a half machine guns is where i'm at with it so mm. Uh, which is pretty good because I think about ten minutes in, I was like, "This is like zero machine guns." I was, yeah. not, I did not know what was going on. I, I received, was so a, I received a distressed uh, message from you, like, you'll be, "I was like, you'll be fine." You'll I was like, like, "Am I still sick? Is my fever really gone? What's happening?" <laughs> right. It was it seemed like um, a fever dream. But yeah, no. Like I said, I I ended up enjoying it, and like I said, I, I think it was a good movie to bring because it's definitely not something that I think we ever would have watched for the podcast had you not uh, brought it up to us. That's true. And I feel like this falls right into the obscure, overlooked, underrated category that we started years ago that we never finished. Uh, So I feel like this is the the perfect type of film for that. That was your worst idea ever. That made me watch, uh, that made me watch, what was that one? Uh, 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 Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. Yeah. That was a bad day, guys. (laughs) That was just a bad day. But like but, uh, I said, it's like I, I've listened to like every episode of your stuff except for like the Patreon episodes, and I'm like, they haven't done a bonkers movie in a long time. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna just throw a random no, one. No, I, I appreciate it. The the bonkers ones are the most ones to fun about fun about so, talk about most and, fun to talk about. And, and quite literally, uh, when I, the day that I messaged with LPJ on the Discord. Uh, I went and it's like on Tubi, watched Split Second, and I messaged uh, Hovercraft Joe and I went, okay, dude, whenever you get a chance to do my show, we're going to watch Split Second because in the first minute, they show <laughs> a Hovercraft going down the Thames River. <laughs> at, at, it's a police Hovercraft. So I'm like, I got to have Hovercraft Joe for this one. So We are, we are severely lacking in our uh, talk about Hovercrafts on here. I almost... But uh, Spe- all right. Speaking uh, of speaking of your show, uh, please plug it away. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's called uh the Action Nerd Dudes Being Dudes Talking About Movies. Uh, basically, I just use the term dude as like 
intergender. I, I call my daughters dude. I've called uh, female friends dude. I call guys dude. Uh, I too, basic like I was nice. I, I think I was nice enough to ask LPJ if I could borrow the, part of the format from your guys' show, so I didn't seem disrespectful. Uh, I've had celebrity interviews. I've had, like, I've had Daniel Cudmore from the X-Men movies as a guest. Uh, literally a year ago today, I had actor Casper Van Dien and his wife Ginny Winger on for an interview. Oh, so shoot. we talked about Starship Troopers and their show Salvage Marines. Ginny's actually a friend of mine. I, I text her constantly and she's uh, a group I made with uh, a friend of mine who sadly passed away a couple two months ago uh and her we called ourselves the dead eyed amigos because we were talking about army of darkness um i've had comic book artists where we just talk about m different movies uh like i had my buddy joe slepsky and another buddy of mine cj capitan who does has done practical effects for movies uh like he helped design the head in rambo last blood that they dropped out of the window on the road uh he helped build the quills for sonic the hedgehog oh, that's, cool. Uh, oh, that's cool so yeah he he's worked on some pretty big movies behind the scenes uh so we kind of get a bit of a behind the scenes talk with him on the practical effects like we talked for oh god i'd say three three and a half hours in an episode just on the original predator oh nice <laughs> so uh we we talk about different movies it's mainly talking about action and sci-fi movies and their variants so like for example if somebody were like hey i want to do L L national lampoon's loaded weapon one let me find it i got it on dvd uh i so where you know can we find it, your it, podcast at where's it available uh, pretty much anywhere you can find podcast. Uh, sadly, Google Podcast is uh, yeah. about to close down in April. That's where I've been listening to my podcast. But Spotify, uh, Amazon has it. Uh, a friend of mine said they thought they saw it on iTunes. So you, pretty much where you can listen to podcasts. Uh, like you can hit me up on my social media. Uh, I think my Instagram is like shane underscore logan's uh underscore and then it's twitter or x if you want to call it that is like capital logan's and then capital shane uh you can email me directly uh at action nerd podcast at gmail.com uh or you know i'm on the discord i'm on the uh gamezilla media discord uh because like craig wk he's been a guest a couple times on my show uh uh, I actually had purposely made him be on the show after you guys' Super Mario Brothers episode. I was like, Dude, we got to get that out of your memory. We have to talk a good video game related movie. And we picked the uh, Street Fighter 2, the uh, the movie, yeah. the anime from the 90s, where uh, I there was an episode where I actually interviewed Craig about mainly noobs and dragons, which I was listening to at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh but I, I've talked with uh, a writer buddy. He's become a buddy, uh, Sean Michael Argo, who created the Salvage Marine books. It's called the Necrospace series. He's written movies. He's directed movies. So, so it's a big uh, wide range of everything that's kind of on your on your podcast. It's not just one thing. You get a little bit of everything. 
Yeah, I, I try to do a little bit of everything. Like I've talked with toy creators. So uh, I, I'm a nerd. It's like we're in my living room right now, my bedroom. I have a wall of action figures cool. on there. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just stuff that I find interesting. Like I'm trying to get a writer of a book that did an action sci-fi uh talking about two action sci-fi movies that i thoroughly enjoy i'm trying to get i'm in talks with him hopefully that will happen across your fingers uh well we'll listen I, uh, it's like i've been on hiatus it's like in the last nine months my life has changed drastically where sadly a three and a half year relationship ended and getting a roommate and sadly losing them uh not too long ago. So I've been on a hiatus. Uh, I'm actually going to be re starting recording pretty soon. You both have an open invitation to it. I, I would love yep. to have you guys have a crossover with last action podcast. Uh, it, it, like I said, it's like typically I'll pick a movie or uh, I'll let you guys pick. Um, depends on the movie. There's, there's some of them that I have talked about. I'll be like, Oh, I've already talked about that on the show or, uh, I'm sure we can find something we, have, about, we can we can do. Oh, we'll definitely, definitely. I, I would love to have you guys on the show. Sure. It's uh, because I I think I messaged both of you when I was thinking playing with the idea of having a podcast. Uh, you guys. Uh, oh God, let's see. My buddy Mike Scott, who was my first guest, who's actually the host of uh, was the Atkins Undisputed podcast talking about Scott Atkins and his filmography that turned into Action for Everyone that's posted every Sunday. Uh, Very cool. I, I've talked with a bunch of people, and you guys actually helped support my idea of starting a podcast. So, you know, this is a, one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to. Every Monday, I purposely download your guys' episodes so I can listen to it. Sure. And, uh, you know... When you guys take a hiatus, I'm like, well, son of a bitch, I can't listen to him. Uh, yeah, well, we, 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 well, we don't plan well, on doing that much anymore. We, we're Christmas is we're like, trying to power through yeah. to the <laughs> inevitable uh, well, this end is, of the podcast. This is going to be episode 261. Oh, shoot. All oh, right. Nice. All right. So we're, yeah. we're, we're almost at that uh, 270 mark. Where 270. We can yeah, you're, flip you're, the bird uh, to my brother and his friends. Yeah, your uh, your Violent Night episode. I messaged LPJ and I was like, "I volunteer as tribute." Jim's got a gift. I was like, "I'm better. All I need is a uh, yep. a candy cane and a Christmas tree topper, and I will win." <laughs> yeah, no, we were we were locked uh, in for that one though, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, it's like a, that, that's actually part of my Christmas Eve tradition is to watch. I watched uh, Silent Night, Violent Night, and then end it with Die Hard. So that's the way nice. to do it. Nice. All right, Joe, what do you yep. got to plug? Uh, well, you know me. Uh, I want to plug uh, Tubi to start, uh, which was I watched this movie on Tubi and, you know, minimal ads. And you know what? It offered me the chance to watch the sequel right after if I wanted to. Actually, I think it was going to autoplay the third one. And I'm like, hold on a second. Where's the second one? Um, but yeah, Tubi, uh, you know, I'm kind of lukewarm on uh, Pluto. Pluto TV these days. It's sure, still great you. though. Um, it's yeah. still, it's, as I mentioned last week, it has all the seasons of the love boat on there. If you're so inclined. Uh, and yeah, I don't think I have anything else to plug. Oh, um, this is kind of outdated by the time this episode's released, but um, 
and we talked about it before on the Discord. Uh, but uh, if you haven't been watching Reacher on Amazon, definitely watch it. The second season finished oh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and it's great series. A solid, solid show. Um, uh, oh, LBJ to you. Well, speaking of Discord. Uh, I always plug Discord. Join us on the Discord. You can chat with myself, with Hovercraft Joe, with Shane. We're all on there. Uh, we like to uh, interact with the group, with the fans. Uh, and if you have any suggestions for movies, let us know. Uh, we are getting we're getting close to the end. We don't know when it's going to end exactly, but eh, it's winding down a little bit. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I say that all the time, but we never well, know. Well, let's put it this way. It's closer to the end of the podcast than That's the beginning true. of the podcast. That's, That's what That's I fair. would say. That's when the end is, yeah. I don't know, but it's closer I to the end. I think we're going to get to at least 300. 300, we have. You, you, you know, as a fan, I will say, as a fan of you guys, that will be a sad day. But uh, you know what? If you guys, if I can just ask that final episode or episode 300, I would love to be part of it just so I can be, you know, part of your history. It, it's, I'm, I'm happy and I'm honored already to be on the show as a guest and be so far along with it. So I, I just, well, we're uh, happy to have you. Well, um, we appreciate it. Oh, yeah. we're, we're either going to do something really big for episode 300 or we're just going to release that, uh, episode where it's, uh, uh, LPJ's audio cuts out and it's just me talking about the Marine with no one else responding. So we haven't coincided. It's going to be <laughs> one of those two things. It's going to be something funny. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I think you guys should do that for the Patreon. Bring back the Patreon and go. Here's the Marine, <laughs> and just no, see what happens. That's going to be a regular episode if I release it. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, Shane, thanks for being here. We yeah, really thanks so much. It. Appreciate appreciate oh, you bringing this. You guys again. It's not something, and appreciate the support for the podcast. One hundred percent. It really does mean a lot. So, all right. Well, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated, but. We'll be back. Sweaty tush. Got it in. <laughs>